every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. Time for What's Going On, where we check in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network. Uh, Big news, big opinions, sometimes fun stuff as well. Gordon, you ready to uh, dig into this a little bit? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's start with Hans and Scotty talking about last night's uh, BYU game and uh, whether it would, uh, they kind of did a what may have been scenario with Utah. I've had a couple of people ask me to put percentages on how much of this was Navy's ineptitude and how much of this was BYU and complete dominance. I, to, you, you made the comment earlier, if Navy had prepared the right way, if they had scrimmaged and live hit and all those things, they still don't win this game. Like, I still don't believe they win this game. Navy, I think, could have had their best game that they could have put together after four weeks of hard camp and preparation. I still don't think they win that game. I no, think size I mismatch, I and yeah. I, I think that there were some athleticism mismatches, and I think BYU just looked better across the board. But if if I had to put a percentage on it, I guess I'd go BYU's performance sixty percent, Navy's lack of preparation, and and garbage play forty percent. But BYU was they were dominant. What are you What are you smirking about? Just saying, if I'm a Utah fan right now. And I know there's they're chirping on Twitter. Be grateful you canceled your season because you want no part of that right now. Just saying, after what we saw from BYU, it's probably better. What are you doing? I don't know where you're coming from. Just saying, if you're Utah, you don't want any part of what you saw last night from BYU. I I, I can't tell if you're joking. No, he's serious. <laughs> are you serious? It'd be a good game. Oh, I don't know about that. Might be a little lopsided. Um, at Scotty G Zone <laughs> on Twitter. You can let him Man, know. I can't, even, I can't even do this with a straight face today. No, you, I okay. Was trying. But hold on. To your point, though, it would have been a good game. It would have been a great game. Absolutely. Been a great game. And by the way, this was all without Matt Bushman. Yeah. Isaac Rex looked good. Well, if, if you're going to come on and say that they're, the youths would blow them out, they haven't really blown them out. Yet, have they? Oh, Aren't all the games close? No, I'm just saying. If Utah's saying, oh, we'd blow them out, you, you wouldn't because you haven't Look, done if that. if there was going to be a blowout in that game, it'd be BYU blowing out. Okay. Scotty. <laughs> I, this is not, this just isn't the Scotty I'm used no, to. No, I can't. I, I, I can't, can't tell what's going See, here's on the here. thing. This is why you know that's not what we do uh, on this show. Yeah. Is because I can't even do it with a straight face. Well, like, I, I was going to try to try to have some fun. And I'm like, I, that's not who we are. We we're not we're not that. And you can tell, like, I I don't even know how to react to you on this. Like, I'm like, what are you doing, bud? I'm in a bad mood, man. My this trees are all wrecked. What do you think, Gordon? What would happen if uh, BYU played Utah? I think it would be a terrific game. Uh, based on what we saw last night, people can run down Navy all they want and say they didn't practice right and all this stuff. That still was the number 20 team in the country last year. I mean, 
they lost their star quarterback, but it's not like they're a bunch of chumps. I mean, that's that's a quality uh, program. Well, and so, they didn't they didn't just sneak it out either. I mean, that, yeah. that's the thing. I mean, you can you could downgrade the opponent all you want, but they beat him fifty five to three. Yeah. And there wasn't yeah. like a like a weak component or a, or a single fluky natured play uh, in all of the game. BYU played awesome. They played awesome. I, this is one thing that uh, another little compliment beyond what Kirk Herbstreet was saying. But when Bill Belichick is on your broadcast and he compliments your team and the way it's playing. I think uh, BYU, uh, the, that team should feel pretty good about Big Bad Bill uh, saying he's impressed with what BYU is doing on the field. Uh, they, they were great last night. Fantastic. And if they can play like that every week, I think they would give every opponent. They would have given even their original schedule. Uh, they, they would have given a lot of those teams, most of those teams, a really good game. Absolutely, because uh, they're good up front on both sides of yeah. the ball. Now, now the pass rush, Gordon, the big pass rush has been an issue for a couple of years uh, since uh, Kafusi left for the NFL. Both Kafusis, really. Uh, pass rush has been an issue there, and, and last night that wasn't put to the test. So it's it's not like they're the per- perfect football team and they've proven it all by any means. But you smoke a team like Navy 55-3, to it, it wasn't Southern Utah, you know? Right. And, and Navy right. didn't play their perfect game. Maybe where they weren't all that prepared, but they're still, uh, yes, a, a very good Division One football team. Certainly well coached, and and BYU put it to them. So, I mean, I don't think I don't see how you could have come away with from that game last night thinking, you know, wow, that's really good. You know, some of these same Ute fans, and I don't, I, I'm not entirely intending this to be a Utah BYU thing, but you know, I hear that some of those same fans uh, justify, you know, narrow margins over Montana State, not narrow, but you know, clunky games against Montana State or Weber State or whatever, and they say, oh, you know, it's just uh, warming up, or they're they're good. How could you be worried about it or whatever? I mean, Navy is way better than that type of opponent, and BYU mopped the floor with them. Yeah, usually a team really struggles and starts to fall apart when a lot of pressure is applied to them, and that's what BYU did. They just absolutely rolled over that team. There was nothing in doubt about that, and the only thing that's in doubt is how good Navy is. But they were eleven and two last year. Yeah. I mean, this is not uh, some you know, little sisters of the poor somewhere. This is this is a a really fine football program. Uh, Ken Matalolo is he's he's never suffered a defeat like that. Not I don't think he has. And uh, BYU just took it to him. So yeah, was Navy prepared? Probably not. They could have done better. But even if they had prepared absolutely a hundred percent to the T, that BYU team, if it plays like that. They're going to beat that team probably by three touchdowns at least. Yeah. And, and if we're talking and about that's their, impressive. If we're talking about their specific matchup, hypothetical matchup with the University of Utah, Utah's really good in the trenches most years. And so that would have been a real fascinating battle uh, to see. Uh, I mean, can you imagine watching that uh, offensive line that we saw play last night uh, for BYU going up against an inexperienced yet, I'm sure, talented defensive line for Utah? It would have been a battle, oh, it man. Been it would have been awesome. Yeah, it would have been great. Mm-hmm. And that defensive yeah, line for I, BYU I, try to stop Utah's run? I mean, yeah, it would have been awesome. I don't know whether BYU would have beat Utah or not. Well, no, no one will ever know that. But all I know is that 
they're capable of playing extremely well. That's what we saw last night, a team that was darn near flawless. There was the interception that was thrown, and, and you know, there were a couple of hiccups, but BYU had one penalty. One penalty in that entire game in a season opener? Are you kidding me? And the interception was very early yearish, right? I mean, what uh, was it, Pau? Who uh, did he fall or slip or whatever? Yeah, but he wasn't in the in the right mm-hmm. place, and that was one of those really early season turnovers. I didn't think it was a bad decision per se, but I mean that yeah, that was a negative. Um, on the very first pass play of the game for BYU, Gunnar Romney dropping that it, it would have been an incredible catch, but it did go right through his arms. You know, little stuff like that. But I mean, come on. That was a that was a thoroughly dominant performance. I, I you know, I'm not going to sit here and preach at everybody and tell them how to be a fan or whatever. But Utah, Utah State fans should should be impressed by what BYU did, and I would say the same thing to them if Utah did it. Uh, why run a team down? Uh, I know why. People are it's a rival and all that stuff, and there's some bad blood and all that, but. Just see it for what it is. BYU played great last night. Absolutely. Stellar football. Uh, would, it, would it have been good enough to be the a top 10 type team? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I haven't been as surprised by the way a, a team, a BYU team, played since probably since they beat Wisconsin. You know, I just uh, – I didn't expect either one – I didn't expect that to happen. I didn't expect this to happen. I was just sitting there going, I can't I can't believe what I'm seeing here. This team is really dialed in and is really performing at a high level. And like you said, the trenches, when you can't stop a team running the ball, that is so demoralizing. And the, that was the predicament Navy found itself in. Uh – Real quick here, Gordon, we have some breaking news, and then we'll get back to uh, what's going on. But this is just coming across the old wire from Brett Pine, our boy down there at BYU. Uh, let's see. Uh, press release. BYU Athletics today announced football tickets plans for home games at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in 2020. Due to the uncertainties created by the pandemic, ticketing will transition from season tickets to an individual game-by-game model for the upcoming home season. The individual game ticket plan allows for approximately 6,000 fans, 1,504 different sections to attend the home season opener versus Troy on Saturday, September 26th. Tickets for that game will go on sale to current season ticket holders on September 14th. Distribution will be based on the athletic department's priority point system and will be available on a limited basis. Um, You want to hear some of the protocols real quick here, Gordon. To provide a safe and positive experience for fans, the safe uh, the stadium will be evenly divided into its four natural sections with separate entrance and exit locations for each section. The game-by-game model allows for the stadium capacity to increase as the season progresses based on available pandemic data and the recommendation of state, university, and public health officials. A percentage of the available tickets for each home game will be set aside for BYU Rock students. And then there's a, a Tom Homo quote in here. Um, so what range are we talking about? If it's in the season opener, what they say, 6,000? 6, 6,000. So six out of what's the capacity there, Gordon? So it's about 10%, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and so if if uh, and they could increase that as the season goes on, depending upon what information comes their way. Question: Will people be required to wear a mask? Uh yes. Here, uh, let's see. In compliance with university guidelines and protocols, masks are required in all areas of BYU campus, including Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So all those nutty moms down there in Utah County will uh, have to don the mask in order to get to the uh, the football game, right? Well, I don't know. Aren't they all uh, UVU fans? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I don't know. You know what? Uh, that's probably good. It's it's the right thing to do. I'm glad that there are, are fans. Uh, they're figuring out a way to do that. You know, one thing I like is uh, they're assigning entrance and exits into the stadium. I think that's really smart. Um, you know, little things like that, Gordon, because you wonder about maybe like scheduled times to arrive. You know, I know I have a lot of friends who are you know, college football season ticket holders and, they, you know, this big topic of conversation, whether anybody's going to get to go to a college football game. And, you know, you got to got to think of, about a few of those details. But but solutions like that always impress me because it's like, OK, divide the stadium into fourths, assign everybody where they're coming in and going out to avoid lines. You know, little stuff like that, I think, makes sense. So in each section where normally you would have in excess of 15,000 fans, They'll have 1,500. Right. So people will be spaced around appropriately, and uh, that sounds like it's a pretty good plan. Yeah, I think so, too. And then they're saying, you know, they can adjust it if the if the situation requires going forward, which I think is good to keep your, keep your flexibility there as you try to make a plan. And, um, you know, I'm sure it's much more detailed than this particular uh, press release, but... Uh, they're going to give it a go, and that's I, I think that's good. And ten percent, Gordon, that's lower than than percentage wise we've seen from other stadiums across the country. So maybe they're they're starting with ten percent to see how that goes and see what they can actually handle. Yeah, just be careful. I, I, everyone should err on the side of caution, as far as I'm concerned. Did you see uh, uh, Corso say that he he didn't think that football should be played at all this fall? Uh, no. Uh, he said that on uh, on game day on Saturday. I thought that was interesting. Somebody who who makes a living off of that show saying, no, it shouldn't be played. He said until the spring. Um, but anyway. Well, I'm glad they're playing in the fall. I don't know about Lee, but I'm, I'm glad BYU. I'm glad we watched the football game last night. I'm glad 6,000 BYU fans are uh, hopefully going to have a chance to see him play Troy. Yeah, I don't know how happy Navy players were about having to play, but BYU players sure looked happy to be there. Well, BYU players certainly looked prepared. Yes, they did. And they looked fired up, and they looked like a a team that's been practicing since, uh, well, I guess not officially practicing since July, but (laughs) back on campus and hoping to play. Yeah, yeah, it was very impressive and prepared. I I mean, the the precision involved – and what they were doing is from the blocking up front to the to the routes that were run to the throws to the, the the runs i mean everything looked and i mentioned the penalties what was the last time you saw a BYU team have one penalty is that what it was am i getting that right yeah. i thought i saw they had one penalty one false start right i think that was it uh, in a in a season opener are you <laughs> uh, yeah i mean well in an empty team. stadium you better not be getting false starts <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, but uh, there's a whole lot of – we've seen – how many BYU games have we seen where there's 10-plus penalties? Yeah, quite a few. 
All right, let's move on to our next cut. This is from DJ and PK. They had Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated on talking about BYU and what to expect from uh, from them this season. So Cougar fans look at the schedule and see Army coming up next, and Army just beat Middle Tennessee State 42 to nothing. Army and Houston are the two programs that have the best reps, the best brand. We'll have to see how good their actual teams are this year because they've both been up and down over the course of five years. Uh, the same as Navy, uh, you know, with an 11-win season, a 3-win season, 11-win season all in the mix. Do you think there's anybody out there that BYU can beat that will really make people stand up and say, ah, they're good, or no matter what the Cougars do with this team, are they going to get dismissed at a national level? Oh, I don't know. I, I think, um, you know, people still, I mean, BYU is still a brand. And I think people still uh, watch BYU and follow BYU. Um, I, I don't think, uh, you know, over the years, sure, it's, it's gotten, um, there's, you know, there, there's a, a, a certain, I guess, Things have changed. It's not like it's like the mid '90s or, or mid '80s. So there's obviously lots of things have changed. But I still think BYU is a big brand, and I think if you if you have a good enough record, and, and uh, obviously, again, uh, you know, I, I was hoping to see more from the passing attack, but they didn't need it last night, and so that kind of awaits. Uh, I think everybody's excited to see uh, Zach Wilson and, and, and what he can do in, in year three. Do you think Army is uh, any good? Because I think the same questions come out of the Middle Tennessee State game when it's 42 to nothing. Uh, is Army that good or is Middle Tennessee State that bad? And obviously Army's up next for BYU. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's tough to predict uh, this early in the season after just one game. I, I saw, I know that uh, Kalani Sataki was asked during the postgame uh, interview if this uh, does something as far as the for his program, I don't know exactly what the question was, and he said, "He said, look, it's just one game. You know, I hate to I hate to pin everything on one game. So it's tough with all these games, these season openers, to uh, you know, to, to somehow predict the season just based off of one game. We all have to remember. I mean, a lot of these teams, again, we, we talked about it with Navy already, talked at length, but uh, the COVID is impacting some of these teams more than the others, and." Um, I know from just from talking to some people around the BYU program, they, they were not, for whatever reason, maybe it was the, the, the precautions they're taking there and the mitigation tactics, but they were not as impacted as some other schools. And it, it clearly showed. And, and it, it's funny because I went to the Southern Miss-South Alabama game last Thursday, and it clearly showed on that field how impacted Southern Miss was by, by COVID. And, and, again, you don't want to – give an excuse to everybody and, and uh, put the all the blame on, on the virus. But Southern Miss's offensive line, you know, they got hit by COVID. They, a lot of their players were uh, out for camp uh, on the O-line. And of all the all the units, the O-line is the one that needs the gelling the most. And uh, I think last night we saw a BYU offensive line that uh, was much more gelled uh, than some others that I've seen so far this year. All right, that was Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated uh, on with DJ and PK this morning. What did you think about what Ross had to say there, Gordon? Uh, I, I think everyone is is wondering the same thing you and I were wondering as we uh, we came into this show, Jake. We we don't know yet. We I mean we we can see that BYU is going to be really quite good, uh, but how good? I, I I don't have an answer to that. But I'm certainly going to give him credit for what I saw last night. 
whether whether they have the reputation or they have uh, what they need in order to be impressive uh, for the polls or for the rest of college football. I don't know. Doing what they did the Navy on national TV last night doesn't hurt. No, not at all. And um, I think they're going to trounce. Uh, we'll see what happens with Army, who who looks to be fairly decent, but uh, at least decent. Um, but I think they'll trounce most people on their schedule or most teams on their schedule. So we'll we'll see if we can come to a conclusion at all. Let's get out to the you zone can, phone. Oh, sorry, Gordon. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say you can even diminish the fact that BYU is doing this on the road because the crowd's not there. You know, so you, you, I guess you can choose to go any which direction you want with this. But I think BYU deserves great credit for the way they played. And uh, if they play that way against Army, same thing. Out to the zone phone we go. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our good friend, Andrew Reinhardt. And in these uh, wild times, Andrew, uh, if you're suffer- suffering from ED, that's one thing you don't have to put up with. You do not have to put up with it any longer. This is a breakthrough treatment, and we don't use those words lightly. Uh, breakthrough because it treats the root cause problem of erectile dysfunction. It's not a pill. Uh, we say breakthrough because it's clinically shown um, clinical after clinical on the science page at Wasatch Medical Clinic says it opens up and regrows blood vessels with pressure waves. They are delivered through the skin into the blood vessels, and that causes blood vessels to expand and almost tricks the body into healing itself. And we get the blood flow going where we want it, when we want it. So you can think back to your younger years. If you're out there listening, Things are not so good in the bedroom. Think back to when it worked with spontaneity, normal function. As far as I know, our treatments are the only thing that can achieve that type of result. Get that spontaneity back. i got to imagine that's a big deal to guys out there. It is a big deal. Uh, What happens is a guy takes the pill, and maybe it works for a few months or a year. Then he takes a little more and a little more, and as his body builds up tolerance, he has to take more and more to get the same result. But the side effects get worse, and eventually he's left with erectile dysfunction. That typically is when a guy gets so frustrated that he calls us. We wish that they would come in a little sooner because it's so much easier to treat the ED when you have some function left in the bedroom. 801-901-8000. That's the number to call, 801-901-8000. You guys are doing a lot right now for our listeners. We are doing a lot. We are uh, packing in the value. We'll do the consultation, the exam. You'll meet with a medical doctor and get a blood flow ultrasound done all free. Plus, we're going to give that little special gift uh, that produces instant results in the bedroom. That is free. And to add on top of that and take care of maybe all of the angles, we're going to add a little testosterone for new patients. Uh, including lab work, which will help with drive and energy, all free. They're already calling, Andrew. They're already dialing in. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's oh, ringing in the good, background. Buddy. You're all good. 801-901-8000. Seriously, give uh, Wasatch Medical Clinic a call. They can help you. 801-901-8000. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thanks, guys. All right. That's our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. 801-901-8000. We'll have more coming up next. 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This 
is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yesterday, but it was long ago. Jane, it was lovely. She was shout out to Casey who wanted some Bob Seeger here on a total request Tuesday. We're Nothing going for, for wind songs at Austin Horton at Jake Scott Zone at Gordon Monson. Uh, can I put in my request? Is is Rocky like a hurricane? Uh, is is that <laughs> oh valid? beautiful idea? Can we do that? Yeah, well, that'll that, be is that, isn't that the scorpions? scorpions yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my request. If we can get to it, the listeners take precedent, of course. Uh, uh, Gordon, you have a wind song that uh, that comes to mind. Isn't our song called the wind song? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I like dust in the wind. Oh, you would. There's like 19 of those requested. Yeah. And Kansas is terrible. We've had this discussion before, but I, one just the awful. wind blows very hard in Kansas. Two, dust in the wind is a classic song. We've had this argument song. before. We have. It's terrible. Why? Why do you say it's terrible? You're the one who says, like, Joy to the World by Three Dog Night is terrible. I no, don't have I to have a reason That's, for you. Th- th- it's just terrible. Is, it's a is, terrible song. Is, and you think is, the Beatles are overrated. The Beatles are the most overrated band in history, wow. please. This is where you don't listen to what I said. I didn't say that Joy to the World was a bad song. I said... When I was young and I was listening to that song, they played it every other song, and I got tired of it. I never said it was a bad song. What was my Mariah Carey song See, that you said you're was not terrible. listening, Jake. He didn't listen, Austin. He just went on to the next. Listen, I did not say that was a bad you song. You said Walking on Sunshine was terrible. I never said it was terrible. I just said it wasn't my favorite song. Well, yeah, because you only have one favorite song. So what kind of thing is that? Well, it's not my favorite song. Uh, I, I think Dust in the Wind is, uh, I, I mean, I, I like it. I mean, I think a lot of people Is really it your like favorite it. song? No. So it's in the same ballpark as Walking on Sunshine. Band of the Day today, Three Dog Nights, selected by me. This is the most overplayed song in the history of radio. Stop it. Would you stop ruining things that I love? I cannot pick a band of the day without Gordon crapping all over it. This is a bad choice. This might be the ultimate feel-good song. It's okay. It's not my favorite. I'm Gordon Monson. So I only said one was a bad choice. It's a bad choice. It's just <laughs> the delivery on that's my favorite. Just this is a bad choice. <laughs> and then the guy who has those opinions loves dust in the wind. A bad choice. <laughs> Doesn't like Mariah, but likes Kansas. All right, that's all I need to know. I bet. I bet you put that Mariah Carey song up against Dust in the Wind to our listeners, and I'm telling you right now, I am extremely confident. Which way the vote's going to go? Let's talk basketball, Gordon, and not bicker over bad music. <laughs> um, if you have your wind songs, send them in. Uh, you can tweet at us, and uh, and we'll get to them. Uh, let's. Uh, where do you want to start, Gordon? No, I was surprised over the weekend that the Nuggets got a game, and then uh, yesterday's game. Um, 
where the Clippers eventually won 113 to 107. It didn't really look, I mean, Denver looked like they had a real shot to take command of the series. Yes. And then Kawhi in the closing minutes, Kawhi said, well, okay, enough of this. I'm, I'm Kawhi <laughs> Leonard. Cute. Let's, yeah, the, you're, to the Nuggets, you're, you're a cute little team, but let's, let's stop messing around here. And they picked up the, they picked up the W. But I got to admit, I didn't think Denver was going to get a game and they did. Yeah, I, I and like you said, they had an opportunity to to really uh, uh, put a dent uh, in there, and uh, they they were not able to pull it off. But I, I think the Nuggets are good, and I think the Jazz are good, and I don't think that the difference between the best teams in the West and that next tier is as substantial as some people want to make it. I think that I think the Clippers have the potential to be really, really good. I do. Well, they I'm not. Win, I'm not. They could win it all. I, mean, I they, okay. So let's do a little power ranking real quick here, Gordon. With the teams left in the playoffs, give me a give me a one, two, three, or you can even go four or whatever. However far you want to go, good. But give me a little give me a little power ranking here. Well, it's the the way things have gone in the playoffs are a little skewed right now. But I probably would put the Clippers right at the top. Okay, Clippers and maybe uh, the Lakers. Uh, boy, that hurts that the two L.A. teams are right there at the top. Uh, that's not exactly what Jazz fans want to think about. But, uh, you know, the, the base, and based on the way they're playing in the playoffs, you have to give the Heat an awful lot of credit. That's what Austin and I were talking during the break about the, the odds came out where Giannis is going to be next. And, Austin, didn't you say that the Heat are at the top? Yeah, they're uh, a three-to-one favorite, yeah. In the, in the betting odds, not a prediction. Of so think odds, about that for a second. If Giannis went to the Heat and the Heat are already quite competitive, quite good, man, that would be that would be uh, a little on the overwhelming side. You know, of course, this, then we started thinking about what would happen if Giannis just blew everybody away and decided they wanted to. I guess I shouldn't say it like that on a day like today. Huh? Uh, but if he surprised everyone and signed with the Jazz, think about what that would look like. Can I just tell you that real briefly here, and then I'll give you my power rankings, that my feelings are hurt? Because I told you that exact same news about Giannis in the Heat, and also the Raptors, by the way, last week. <laughs> and now Austin brings it up, and you're like, wow, that's <laughs> fascinating. How about that? What, what a surprising news. <laughs> I didn't say it was surprising. Well, I'd never heard anything like that before. Wow, I didn't that's say unbelievable. That <laughs> anyway. And now my feelings are hurt, Jake. Uh, okay, here's, here's... I can't have a... I can't contribute to the show? You can, of course. Uh, here's here's my power <laughs> ranking. And then, Austin, I want to hear your power ranking. How about no. that? Here's, here's mine, Gordon. I'm going okay. Clippers 1, and that's part on what I... I think they can play better than they are now. But I'm going Clippers 1, mm-hmm. Heat 2, Celtics 3. Oh, wow. That's what I'm doing. So the Lakers just aren't, uh, you're not really feeling it there, huh? Well, see, here's the thing with the Lakers. They can't shoot. (laughs) This really bothers you. They can't shoot and they stink in the half court. So I and and how the Rockets have gotten a game off the Lakers is is really fascinating me. And we've got game three tonight, seven o'clock start. Um, the late game tonight. 
But I, the Lakers can't shoot. They're not good in the half court. They have one really ISO player, and we know how important ISO basketball is in the uh, in uh, in the NBA playoffs. And that, of course, is LeBron, who might be the best ISO player. So take that for what it is. But I'm uh, I might be way wrong about this, but I'm not I'm not believing big time in the Lakers. And for the Heat to be smoking the Bucks and Jimmy Butler to be playing like he is, and Bam Adebayo is an up and coming guy. Um, Tyler Hero is a player. You know, they have really captivated my attention. And and my debate actually was Celtics 2 or Heat 2 because the Celtics, they're they're playing great. They're up 3-2 on the Raptors. They won yesterday 111-89. They've got all sorts of weapons. Kemba Walker is a better fit there than I thought he'd be. So you're buying into that with the Celtics, huh? But then again, is it just, uh, you know, the East? Although the Raptors are a good Raptors team. Raptors are good. Yeah, they're a good Raptors team. Raptors are good, yeah. So maybe I'm talking myself into this and talking myself out of the Lakers, but I think the Lakers are flawed. They I, still have two of the best five players in the league. I don't know if I'd put Anthony Davis top five, but I take your point. Well, you didn't mention the Warriors at all. No, I they're don't. They're not on there at all for you? That, Power rankings? Next, well, I mean, I said year. teams that are left. In the playoffs. Oh, currently playing. Currently so playing yeah. teams, right. not to not to futures of. We're yeah. not betting futures here, Ost. So, so the Knicks, a, the Warriors, they're they, not they on are. There, they are, and the Jazz, from that matter, are not uh, not eligible. Give us, uh, hit us with your power rankings. Oh, the Jazz, here, I got to scratch off my first team. <laughs> okay, here. Number one gone. <laughs> uh, of the teams remaining, I'd go the favorite to be the Bucks. Honestly, I think he could return to the Bucks. I think oh, no, no, no. We're not talking about where Giannis is ending up. We're talking about power rankings, like the best teams I totally top missed three. this whole topic. I apologize. No, no, no that's no. my like, fault. Like best I was teams sulking. left. Like uh, title contenders, your power rankings of uh, teams the, left. The Clippers are at the top for me. Absolutely. Okay. At the top. You guys were talking about how they just, what was the term you used where uh, Kawhi said, oh, that was cute, but yeah. step aside here. Uh-huh. I got it's, this. It's winning time. See, yeah. see, Austin, the difference uh, between what you just did and what Jake usually does is you weren't listening to what he was saying. <laughs> and what Jake does is he listens and then he twists what is said to mean something totally different. So uh-huh. which is worse? I'm just glad that nobody on this show listens to me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bad segment. I totally ruined the segment. Uh, it, you know, let, let me concur with what you said earlier, though, Jake. I have been, I have really been impressed by the Heat. Uh, they, they should have swept the Bucks already. The Bucks kind of lucked out, I think, at the end of that that last game, and I think they got a little bit of help from the referees, and I'm not going to blame the refs one way or the other. Well, they had money on the game, yeah. <laughs> but, by the way, did you see what Tim Donahue's comments that uh, the NBA assigned certain refs to certain games when they want a game to go a certain way? Uh, we- I did not see those, but I, I, I want to believe it so much. I mean, like like that game we were talking about, uh, the, was it Game 7 between OKC and the Thunder where Scott Foster was mm. magically assigned to that game? Yeah, mm. I, I mean, it makes you suspicious, right? Yeah, I guess, well, you can find suspicion in anything. Of course, Richard Bavetta would get the Jazz in the, uh, in the Bulls Game <laughs> 6. Well, yeah, did you see what Scott Foster said to Chris Paul? 
uh, in game, right. this last yeah. this, these playoffs. Right, where he where he says, where "Don't worry, you, can't, you don't need to act like you're tying your shoe because I've got someone cleaning up the court, so don't even bother." Well, and, and, and Chris goes okay, <laughs> and then he goes, "Delay a game." <laughs> and before the so, game, Foster said, "You know, the last time you were in this situation, I was the ref, and you lost." Yep. Last time you were in Game Seven uh-huh. when he was in New Orleans. Uh-huh. Although uh, the Rockets in a limit or the Rockets in playoff games were like oh for six when Scott Foster refed. <laughs> so maybe it was one of those counterbalancing <laughs> things. Where why 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 would Scott Foster say that to Chris Paul? I mean that that, he can. That, is, that that blows my mind. Why why would you say something like that to intimidate someone? No, because he and most NBA referees, most referees. For that matter, in general, are sociopaths. <laughs> Why else would you get into refereeing? They've got these egos, and they want to make it all about them. And they're on this weird power trip where, like, yeah, you may be the great play- Chris Paul, but I still got power over you, pal. Now, so Jake, you better be nice what, to me. What you just said is funny and it's entertaining, but come on, you just swept everybody into us into the same dustpan. What? Not everybody. Referees. Every ref fits that category for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if I, if your, if your life depends on it, you've got to pick this the right way. Do you think any of the refs in the NBA are flat? Or let me say it this way: Do you think the NBA has a vested interest, and then? puts upon the games that interest by picking the ref to to give one team an advantage. I don't know. That's why I said earlier, I want to believe that's true. I want to believe in that. Why conspiracy. do you want to believe it's true? That would be that would be detrimental in a major way to the sport. No, it wouldn't because you could never prove it and they'll just deny it. I know, but if it's going on, and they don't want to do anything about it because, you know, they're the ones doing it. Wait, really, do you think that happens? I don't know. I want to believe it. I answered your question. But why do you want to believe it? I that just told ruin, you. That would ruin the sport. How would it ruin the sport? Because no, if, no. If it, the lottery is rigged and it doesn't ruin the sport. I don't know. I don't if, come across how would it ruin if, the sport. If the sport is corrupted like that or corrupt then why would anyone have an interest in, in or pour their interest into it unless your team is the one that's benefiting? Because uh, nobody knows about it. Okay, so who, 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 which of these teams left would the NBA have a, an interest in eliminating? All of the teams. <laughs> what do you mean all of them? Silver's a spiteful guy. Uh, I don't know, Gordon. Uh, do I think that uh, the NBA has had referee problems over the years that we don't know about? Yeah. Do you I think mean, the it's Tim Donaghy? What? I, I don't know, Gordon. I, I'm telling you, I want to believe it because I think it's funny and it's uh, the conspiracy theorist in me. I don't know why Scott Foster gets assigned Game Seven. Maybe, uh, maybe it's completely random. I have no idea. But yes, there. I do want to believe in this big NBA Geppetto-like puppet master being like, Mwahaha, you get Scott Foster. Mwahaha. But I do think that the NBA, that it was awfully convenient that Tim Donahue came out as the, oh, he's the lone corrupt referee, everyone. Mystery solved. Please move on. You know, they're, they're vulnerable to that just like anybody else. 
Boy, I, I think there are jazz fans out there who believe what you're saying, what you say you want to believe. And I, I, you know, I mean, if if I saw the evidence, I would, I have nothing against believing it, but I don't think that that's the way it works. Okay. Good. <laughs> I don't know what you're looking for here. Yeah, there's, there's. I'm not looking for anything. I'm just saying that I don't think that the NBA is is orchestrating who makes it to the finals and who doesn't. I, I, I think referees are asked to do a job that's darn near impossible to do, and they and, do it uh, poorly. Well, <laughs> yeah, but they do it less poorly than than many other individuals who uh, could be calling it like college refs. See, I I would considering I would consider climbing power lines and eighty mile an hour winds to be a nearly impossible job. Yet they can come through with flying colors. Oh, I think it's just humanly impossible to get all those calls right. All right, but I do agree. I do agree with what Jeff Van Gundy was saying the other day that when someone when they're reviewing a call. Uh, and then they see that someone got fouled that precipitated the call that then needs to be made, I think there's something wrong that they can't adjust that. When What was it? Was that when Jimmy Butler got fouled? He got hacked? I forget who it was. But I, I think it's kind of ridiculous that they can adjust. They can make certain adjustments, but they can't make others. That, that's silly. Coming up next, uh, we will get into more uh, college football. Tanner Mangum is going to join the show. At the top of the 4 o'clock hour, Bowler will be with us at 5. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 uh, The Zone. Austin was off last week, and we didn't have Austin's list. So here on a Tuesday, a windy Tuesday, let's uh, let's put somebody on the list there, Austin. All right. Uh, going on the list now is anyone who starts a wildfire for any reason that was uh, out or within their control to not start the wildfire, like target shooting when they – just released the, the the news that this is the worst weekend you could ever go target shooting. Please don't go target shooting. And then you go target shooting and burn a mountain to the ground. Okay. So you're on the list. But also, even more than that, maybe the dumbest thing I've seen in the last 10 years, other than eating laundry detergent, was this gender reveal party in California where they hired a pyrotechnic expert to some sort of explosive, explosive device that was going to explode in pink or blue, and, and they did it out in the dry mountains with the Santa Ana winds blaring everywhere. And, of course, what happened is now people are losing their homes and livelihoods because you tried to do a gender reveal party with a fireworks show. 
You yeah. are on the list, and you'll never get off the list. And by the way, you mentioned pyrotechnic <laughs> expert. Not not much of an expert, That's, obviously. Well, isn't what isn't, what makes a pyrotechnic expert? Know, Someone with a match. Isn't that your first first job though as an expert <laughs> is not to start a fire? Yes, should that be job number one? Rule one and last: no wildfires. And and by the way, wildfires just horrible. What's going on in California? Horrible. We had what well, one down south, right? Spanish Fork Canyon, the, uh, the Ether Hollow nasty. down there, yeah. and, and it's it's just off. Uh, follow Sarah Todd, who covers the jazz, uh, who's had some family history with it. She was talking about it even today. So I don't want to make light of it. I'm so not. I, I, yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah. But I'm going to ask you a question here. But I'm not trying to, to make light of anything. But dumber reason for a wildfire. This gender reveal announcement or the guy trying to weed his garden and Brian Head with a flamethrower? <laughs> right. Uh, it's that. Is that's, that. that's still champion. Yes, he's he's the name of the category is his name. Okay. I don't know what his name is. <laughs> oh no, I don't either. But that's the name of the category. <laughs> Potent potables, and then this guy. Again, I'm not trying to make light of, of wildfires. It's just awful. I mean, awful. you could you could but, get a shovel. You could put some gloves on and pull them by hand, or you know, get a a, a flamethrower. And go out, go to town on the national park. I still can't get over the nine one one call for that, where the neighbor was like, "Some idiot's going to burn down Brian Head," and then lo and behold, that's what happens. So, Gordon, what do you what do you think? Uh, more ridiculous reason for a wildfire: the gender reveal explosives, or the the weeding with a flamethrower? I think they're of the same ilk. Uh, oh, but the other one, the the Brian Head thing. I mean, that's just. It's one thing to make a mistake. It's another thing to make really, to have really, really bad judgment lead to a mistake. <laughs> really so. bad judgment. Actually, in both cases. Really bad judgment. Really bad judgment. Oh, and throw the target shooting in there, too. Really bad judgment. Which, go ahead and shoot targets, but on the weekend where they say, please don't go target shooting just this weekend, please. Don't, don't go target just shooting. Just do it any other weekend yeah, but it's, this it's weekend. Kind of, and then you go do it, and the mountain burns like it, down. This is going to go, okay, should I uh, go uh, target shoot today? No, no it's not entirely dry, entirely dry enough. And uh, uh, the, the kindling around me is not quite uh, brittle enough or and, dry enough. And please don't go target shooting for your flamethrower. No, don't do that. Th that's not required. No. So anyway, anybody dealing with wildfires out there, both locally or, or uh, in California or anywhere, really, good luck. Uh, that's that's really rough, and uh, it would infuriate me to no end if I were in a situation where I had to evacuate and I found out that it was because of a gender reveal announcement. I would be trying to find those people's address in the phone book. To write them a well, letter. About, to write them a, a stern letter about their, <laughs> about their poor decision-making. Well, the huge, the huge uh, you know, potential for tragedy and, and for... How, how adversely this affects the lives of those directly affected by what's going on. I mean, you can't be uh, too careful in this regard. All right, uh, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now is our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, let's help our listeners out. If uh, people out there are struggling in their relationships, a lot of folks I know struggle with ED to various degrees, and you've got a new treatment that is here to allevi alleviate all their concerns. Yes, we do. It's called acoustic wave therapy. This is worth some research. It opens up and regrows blood vessels. That's a process called neovascularization. So ED is a blood flow issue. Um, since the early 90s, men have been treating the problem with the pill, 
with injections, heaven forbid, and that comes with side effects. The headaches, the blurred vision, the lack of spontaneity. As far as I know, Wasatch Medical has the only treatment that addresses the root cause of the problem. So guys come in, let's say a 50-year-old guy, and he gets back to function like when he was 35, or a 70-year-old guy gets back to function like he was 50. We see this every day, and here is the takeaway message. No pills, no injections, no surgery, just natural blood flow where you want it, when you want it. Let's see, getting back to normal, having that where you win it, where you want it, when you want it part, that seems like the, something that a lot of guys would be looking for. No longer do you have to plan in advance and that sort of thing. Yeah, the, the planning in advance is a big problem. The headaches are a big problem. And guys just, you know, you never know when the moment's going to be right in the bedroom, let's be honest. So we want it to work like it should. And something about the American diet or the American lifestyle that has caused blood vessels to harden up, they get clogged. This really is a plumbing issue. And if those blood vessels are able to expand and dilate when the timing is right, that is what stops the ED. We're no longer having to put a Band-Aid on the problem. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. And you're taking extra care of our listeners uh, right now, right? We are. ton of value. The consultation is free. That's with our doctor, by the way. This is no obligation. There's uh, you know, no reason for you to come in and think, oh, I'm going to have to do treatments. You can come in and just get the information. He'll conduct a blood flow ultrasound, which I think every guy should have his blood flow tested. That is all free, plus a little special gift that produces fairly instant results in the bedroom. Guys love it. And you may have heard that we've recently added testosterone. Guys have been banging our door down to add testosterone to help with the drive and the energy. So for new patients, that is free as well. If you want to put a stop to your ED, call us now. And there's probably five, $600 in value here. 801-901-8000. You heard Andrew right there, five, 600 bucks. That's awesome. 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. All right. We'll have more Big Show. Tanner Mangum joins the show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.